Welcome to the Birth Uprising Podcast. I'm Dr. Sarah, a chiropractor, birth educator, and lifelong questioner of nonsensical rules and authority. I'm here to help you navigate the maze that is maternity care and to think more critically about what you've been told is necessary and normal during pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. We as women are tired of being coerced, lied to, and manipulated. And through education, we're taking back our power. So grab a cup of coffee and join the uprising. Welcome back to the Birth Uprising podcast. I'm Dr. Sarah, and this is another week of pint-sized pods. So this will be a little shorty episode that you can get through quickly and get some good, solid information in that time. It won't be as long as my usual 60-minute interviews that I do with other people. We're just going to get to the nitty-gritty of what I want you to know. So this week, I want to talk about midwives and how they are not all created equal. I find that this topic comes up a lot in the Instagram space, for example, where women will talk about their birth and they'll say, well, I had a midwife, but they were in a hospital. And I think they don't know that that midwife isn't what they were considering a real midwife. It's someone who was a nurse first and then went to midwifery master's program. But it's all hospital-based information. So you're going to get a hospital-based experience and you're still in the hospital. So today I want to go over the different types of midwives and what sets them apart, what is their philosophy, and then what if you decide you don't want a midwife at all and you just want to DIY it. I did that one time. So we will also talk about that. So first, let's start off with certified nurse midwives or a CNM. If you are in a hospital setting, this is almost always who you will encounter. They are an advanced practice nurse who works in a hospital setting, but they can also attend births in birth centers and private homes if your state allows them to do that. Some states do and some, some states don't. Their education and training occurred in the medical system, and they often practice in a more medical fashion just because that's how they were taught, right? Midwives who practice this way are often referred to as medwives, which you may have heard. That's in air quotes. Because their style of practicing, they're called a midwife, but they still do a lot of the medicalized things that you hear about happening in the hospital and you hear about happening with obstetricians. The location where a CNM works will usually dictate how they practice. The further out of the medical system they are, the more likely they are to support physiological birth. If they're in a hospital, they're more likely to practice similarly to an OB, as they are subject to the same hospital policies, regulations, and liability concerns. If they decide to have their own practice and they practice out of hospital, say, in your home, they have a lot more leeway of how they practice, and they may have learned a lot outside of that initial training that has taught them that the way they were initially taught wasn't the way, and they still want to attend births, but maybe they want to help women in a more physiological way, and that's why they decided to leave the hospital system. <clears throat> Their training, they usually have a bachelor's degree in nursing, followed by a master's degree in midwifery. They have to do continuing education every year or two years, depending on their state. But it's not necessarily 
something that they have to do to learn outside of the box of what they were taught during that program. So you can't go in to your birth if you're in a hospital knowing that you have a midwife and assuming that they are what you picture a midwife to be, a little less intrusive, a little more hands-off. They could be that way, but they also might not be. So you have to be aware of that. When it comes to a certified nurse midwife's philosophy on birth, women giving birth in the hospital often ask to see these midwives, thinking that they'll be more naturally minded because of that title. But like I said, you're not necessarily guaranteed that. It really depends on the individual and what they've learned outside of that initial training. If you have your prenatal care and birth with a CNM in a hospital, expect there to be a lot of the same standard tests, procedures, and time constraints as if you had an obstetrician. If they practice in a birth center, they're more likely to be open to alternatives or skipping certain tests and procedures. And at home, if they had their own practice and they're seeing you at home, they're the most likely to respect your choices and give you lots of different alternatives, more so than any of those other settings. So that's certified nurse midwives. The next type of midwife we're going to talk about is called a certified midwife or CM. A certified midwife is someone who got the credential of CM, which was developed in 1994 in order to expand access to midwifery care by offering different paths to certification. So a CM credential, it's not available everywhere. It's only recognized currently in Delaware, Hawaii, Maine, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Virginia, and the District of Columbia. Several other states are currently pursuing licensure for CMs, but as far as I know, it hasn't gone through yet, and so those are currently the only states that use this certification. The training for a certified midwife, they have a bachelor's degree with certain required prerequisites, followed by a master's degree in midwifery. So, for example, if you had a bachelor's degree that wasn't nursing, like a certified nurse midwife, if you had a bachelor's degree in biology, or maybe even art, and you had the certain prerequisites they required in addition to everything else that you took, you could move on to a master's degree in midwifery and then apply for the CM license. Their philosophy on birth for certified midwives, usually they practice in a hospital setting, so they're likely to treat prenatal care and birth the same way that most CNMs and OBs do, with lots of tests and procedures, and those will be considered standard. And asking for alternatives or opting out may come with some backlash. That's something that in the hospital setting, likely whoever you have, they're used to everyone going with the flow. And by the flow, I mean their flow and doing what they want you to do. They have a set standard of tests and procedures that they do at certain gestations, at certain visits. And when you make things harder for them by suggesting an alternative or saying you want to skip something, it makes them nervous and or upset that they now have to do different or more work because they're already overloaded. So you can skip tests and procedures and ask for alternatives, but sometimes you will get backlash, especially in a hospital setting. If you're seeing a CM for care outside of a hospital setting, they are likely to be a little, a little bit more flexible with your options. The third type of midwife we're going to talk about is a certified professional midwife or CPM. This is who you're most likely thinking of when you picture a midwife. And I think what women picture when they are going to the hospital, like a, who a midwife 
would be. CPMs usually care for women at home births, though they sometimes work in birth centers as well, but it's more rare. This type of midwife tends to trust birth and feels that supporting a laboring woman, but not interfering with the process unnecessarily, usually gives the best outcome. CPMs come equipped to deal with all emergency scenarios, such as excess bleeding or neonatal resuscitation, but they stand back if possible. So they try to be hands-off, and they're really respectful of your wishes almost all the time. Sometimes you do run into someone. There's bad people in all professions, right? You do run into someone who does not act this way. But in general, if someone becomes a CPM, they want to respect the physiology of birth. They want to support you, and they will stand back unless it's absolutely necessary that they intervene in order to help you or the baby. CPMs are only licensed to practice in 28 states, and each state has its own regulations that they must follow. Some states, for example, don't allow CPMs to attend breech births, twin births, or VBACs, vaginal births after cesarean. And for this reason, some CPMs decide to give up their licenses altogether and practice as a traditional midwife, which is the next midwife we will talk about after this one. A CPM's training, they receive their training from a midwifery school accredited by the Midwifery Education Accreditation Council, or MIAC. Midwifery students also work as apprentices under a seasoned midwife to master hands-on skills. So they have plenty of experience prior to attending births by themselves. They're licensed through the North American Registration of Midwives, or NARM, the CPM license is the only midwifery education program that requires out-of-hospital experience. So all of these other types of midwives that are a little bit more medicalized, they don't ever have to see an out-of-hospital birth because that's not likely who they're going to be attending. So if they do end up seeing someone out of hospital, it's because they wanted to have that experience on their own, but it's not necessarily part of their original curriculum. The philosophy on birth for CPMs, they usually take the out-of-hospital route of midwifery because they believe that birth works best when it's undisturbed. They trust the female body to birth the baby it grew and are there to support the mother but not interfere with the process. They're far less likely to suggest interventions than midwives in a hospital setting and more likely to understand that each birth is different and may progress at a different pace. CPMs do come equipped for emergencies, carrying medications for hemorrhage, antibiotics, fluids, oxygen, etc. They come with a whole bunch of stuff that they hopefully don't have to use, but they're ready to use it. The last type of midwife that we're going to talk about is a traditional midwife, which is something I just mentioned. Someone might become if they originally were a CPM, but then gave up their license. So some home births are attended by traditional midwives, also for, referred to as lay midwives or unlicensed midwives. Women who are trained in birth but have decided to either not become licensed with the state or have given up their midwifery licenses, feeling that they can better serve women when they are not bound to arbitrary rules like mandatory transfer to the hospital after 42 weeks of gestation, or they're not allowed to attend certain births, like I had mentioned in the, the previous CPM part. They're not allowed sometimes to attend VBACs, breach, twins. If they're not licensed by a state who's telling them what they can and can't do, they can serve women better and help women that need their help. This type of midwife 
can be hard to find because they want to kind of remain underneath the radar and avoid unwanted attention. The best way to find a traditional midwife is usually from word of mouth. Their training is varied widely since they can come from all different kinds of backgrounds. They could have received absolutely no formal training at all, but have 50 years of practical experience, or they could have a graduate degree and a midwifery license that they then surrendered. So like I said in the previous part, there are women who become midwives. They feel like they're being controlled by what the state will and won't allow them to do. And they're afraid to go outside of that because they could lose their license, which is their livelihood. And they decide eventually to give up their license because then they're not bound by those rules and they can actually help more women that way. I've heard of quite a few people who have actually done this. The philosophy on birth for traditional midwives, they tend to be able to practice in the most authentic way of all birth attendants because they're just doing what they feel is right for the women in the family. Without the constraints of the license that they're afraid of losing, they're able to truly be with women, which is the meaning of the word midwife, and give them the individualized care they deserve. Midwives with licenses often have to worry about whether they'll be reprimanded or if their license will be taken away for practicing out of their scope of practice in their state. And so these midwives do exist in all states, but like I said, they're, they are tricky to find. And your last option, this is not a midwife, but unassisted pregnancy. So as you've noticed, as we've gone through these different types of midwives, we started with kind of the most medicalized version, and we're taking on more and more autonomy as we go through them. The last choice is unassisted pregnancy. So if you don't want anyone at all, you just want to DIY it. You want to feel like you have full autonomy over your body. No one is in your space. No one is making choices for you or suggesting anything for you. You can do it yourself. This is not for everyone. It's not for most people. But some people decide that this is the best choice for them. So I wanted to go over it just so you knew that it existed and, and people do do this. So having an unassisted pregnancy means that you opt out of traditional prenatal care altogether. You don't have a care provider. You don't attend regular appointments. You skipped any test or procedure you want. You are 100% in charge. But you can also have tests and procedures if you want them. You can go in to a clinic or have someone on standby that can refer you for certain tests. Say you wanted one ultrasound or you wanted some blood work. You can still do that, but no one's telling you what you have to do. But with this complete autonomy does also come a lot of responsibility and not, not all women are ready for that. Some women want to be told what to do because they just don't have the brain space to be thinking about all of that. Women who choose an unassisted pregnancy or unassisted birth are often the most educated in what to expect and are very confident in their choices. So to an outsider, someone who might be going to the hospital to have their baby, they might hear about someone who's having an unassisted pregnancy and think that they're negligent. Because they're not having all these tests and procedures. They don't have outside people telling them what's right and what's wrong, what's healthy and what's not. When in reality, they don't make this choice lightly. They've done a lot of research. They may have had a previous birth where they were really taken advantage of or traumatized. And they've decided that this is the best choice for them. They're often the most educated rather than the least educated, which I think that people sometimes think. So no training is required for you to care for yourself during pregnancy. 
You could have formal training in something related to birth, like you could be a midwife or a doula or anything related to that. But you could also just be somebody who studied on your own. You get to decide what you want to know, what makes you comfortable. Your philosophy on birth could be all kinds of things. But usually, women who choose unassisted pregnancy or birth, they really trust birth. They really believe that their body can do this, that their body made a baby that they can birth. And it's the safest thing for them to be birthing in a more primal and undisturbed way. So that concludes all of the different types of midwives. And I hope that this was helpful and cleared some things up for you guys. And I will see you all next week. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Birth Uprising podcast. Together, we can create an uprising in the birth world. Don't forget to share and subscribe so you can be notified every time a new episode is released. Thank you.